if you hang out around here very long, there's a phrase that you're going to see and hear over and over and over again. And that is, we are a parish family, loving God, loving our neighbors, loving one another. In fact, most of us probably have that memorized by now and can say it long with me, so let's hear it. We are a parish family, loving God, loving our neighbors, loving one another. And we are. We are an extended family for those who have blood family living close, and we are a substitute family for many Floridians whose closest blood family lives hundreds or thousands of miles away. And that's I'm one of those, and you are my family. And like every family, our parish family has our own particular customs and culture, things that we do that not every church does, things that our family does that not every family does, and those are to love God and to love our neighbors and to love each other. Now, I wish that I could tell you that I was smart enough and creative enough to come up with those customs on my own, but as the Bible lessons today exposed, I plagiarized them. I stole them from Jesus, who got it from Moses, who heard it from God. But you know, if we're going to choose some customs and culture, God to Moses, to Jesus, to us, is not a bad pedigree. So when Jesus echoes Moses and says, the first and great commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. When Jesus says that, he's right. Which shouldn't be a surprise because after all, he is Jesus. But he's especially right for us in this parish family. But even if we have that phrase memorized, what does it mean? Is loving God simply having warm, fuzzy feelings about him? Hmm, I do. I'm done. I can go on with my life. Does loving our neighbors mean that I have to like them? Because I don't even always like myself. The good news is God seldom asks us to do something without also giving us some specific hints for how to do it. In the Old Testament, that part of the Bible that was before Jesus, when God first told his people, I want you to love me with your whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors as yourself, he also gave them the books of Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy that have 613 detailed guidelines for how to love God in worship and sacrifice and how to love your neighbor by how you treat him. 613 commandments. Really? I mean, how am I supposed to keep up with all of those? I have a, a hard time remembering the big, you know, the top 10. Well, the good news is that the New Testament, that part of the Bible about Jesus and since Jesus, boils all of those commandments down to three. Love God, love your neighbor, love each other. And we heard Jesus say those first two today, and he said that last one at the Last Supper, which we will remember when we have communion later on this hour. But that puts us right back where we started. Now, I love having only three things I have to do, but what do they mean, and how do I do them? Well, the church comes to our rescue by offering us some specific guidelines, not 613 of them, but only five. 
the five promises of our baptismal covenant, which are in the Book of Common Prayer on page 293. They're in your bulletin today, and you're going to see them up on the screen. We hear and make these five promises at every baptism, at every confirmation, and several other times every year. But since we do them in the middle of a service, it's easy for them to flash into our eyes and then jump out of our mouths without taking any detour through our mind or down into our hearts. So right now, we're going to take a little slower, hoping that these promises will take that detour into our minds and into our hearts so that later on in this service, when we say them, we might actually mean them. Of the five promises, the first two are about loving God, and the last three are about loving our neighbors and loving one another. The first one is, will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? You see, if we love somebody, and they love us, we want to get to know each other. Now, God already knows us and loves us anyways. Good for Him. Good for us. But He also wants us to get to know him, to encounter him personally, to see, hear, and understand him. And this first promise helps us do that. The apostles' teaching is the Bible. If we love God and want to get to know him, it's wise to build the Bible into our lives somehow, whether it's with a physical book or we read it on a screen, or we listen to it electronically, or we hear somebody read it to us out loud, like happens here every Sunday. In the Bible, God reveals himself to us through the stories of what he's done in the past and the promises of what he's going to do, climaxing in the resurrection of Jesus. And you know, if somebody can predict their own death and resurrection and pull it off, we might ought to listen to them and pay attention and get to know that person. The Bible helps that happen. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and the fellowship? Fellowship is getting together with other believers to learn from one another, to encourage one another, to love one another. So being here on Sunday and getting together with other folks in the Messiah family during the week helps us to see, hear, feel, and get to know God. Now, none of us by ourselves is God, but each of us reflects a facet of God, which means that all of us together are a diamond sparkling with the radiance of God. And as we continue in the fellowship, God loves us through us. So at the peace today, that's not going to be just someone else hugging you. That's going to be Jesus hugging you through that person. And when you hug someone else, you're not only hugging that person, you're hugging Jesus in them. So when we say, come here and let us love you, we really mean it. And as you let us love you, that's God loving you through us. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread? Now, breaking bread has at least two meanings. It's communion when we encounter Jesus in the bread and wine, but it's also any time we break bread and share food together. So please hang out after the service and go out in the hallway and grab some coffee or some juice or some water and let's break some brownies together. After the service today, go to lunch with some of your Messiah family and break bread together. 
at 6 o'clock this afternoon. Come to Sunday supper. Whether you come to any of the things earlier or stay for the later service or not, come to Sunday supper, especially if you live alone. Come and break bread with your Messiah family and get to know them and let God love you through them. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in the prayers? Now, loving someone always includes conversation, talking, and listening. And that's what prayer is. It's conversation with God. Let's have that conversation continuously, talking and listening. And let's do that here on Sundays. Let's do it at home. Let's do it in our bed, waking up and going to sleep. Let's do it in our car. Let's do it at school. Let's do it at work. Let's do it alone and with other people. But let's have that conversation. Because continuing in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers, are ways both to get to know God and to obey that first and greatest commandment, to love Him with all of our heart and our soul, and our mind, and our strength. That fourfold first promise of the baptismal covenant is a great big one. But then each of the five are, which is why the answer to each of the questions is, I will with God's help. I will with God's help. The church understands that none of us is able to keep all of these promises by ourselves with our own strength only. We can't do it. And even when we do manage to hold it together and do one of them for a little while, we can't keep it together for long. We need help. And God is with us to help us. The Holy Spirit works inside of us both to bend our hearts toward love and then to empower us to be able to live love. I will, with God's help. The next promise is also about loving God. Will you persevere in resisting evil? And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. Now, three weeks ago, God told us to hate evil. Hate evil because it hurts people. Let's avoid it for the same reason. Let's avoid it for the same reason. To avoid being hurt and to avoid hurting anyone else. Three weeks ago, we also heard sin never helps. Sin never helps. It always hurts someone. Let's persevere in resisting evil. Notice the second part of the question. Whenever you fall into sin, it doesn't say if you fall into sin. It says whenever. God knows we're going to mess up. The church knows we're going to make mistakes. See, and we know our own weaknesses and character flaws. Neither God nor the church is surprised when we sin. I hope we're not either. So let's not beat ourselves up over what we know is inevitable. But let's also not ignore, deny, or blame anybody else for our shortcomings. Instead, whenever we mess up, let's do what the promise says. Repent and return to the Lord. Let's admit what we did. Let's apologize to anybody that we hurt. Let's ask them to forgive us. And then let's try to do better Next time, I will, with God's help. The last three promises are about loving our neighbors and one another. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Do we love our neighbors enough 
to let them in on the love and the joy and the peace that we have found in Jesus and in this parish family. We all know someone who is lonely or lost, who is hurting or hungry. Let's love them enough to be their friend, to listen to their story, to pray for them. And then when they show an interest, to share with them about the love that we found here. And then invite them to come here as well, to come with you and let us love them. Now, many of us are thinking, I I don't know if I can do that. Uh, That's kind of hard. Well, maybe it is, but you know, I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? We believe there's a little bit of Jesus inside of everyone, whether they recognize it or not, whether they know it or not, whether there's any evidence of that or not, which means that anything that we do to or for or with someone, we're also doing it to or for or with Jesus himself. So in this promise, we are committing ourselves to treat everyone that we encounter the same way we would treat Jesus himself, or at least to treat him as well as we want to be treated. Youch! I will, with God's help. And finally, will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Now, God probably doesn't expect any of us by ourselves to change the whole world but he expects each of us to change our little part of it, that we would work toward making our home, our family, our school, our workplace, our circle of friends, our sphere of influence, that we would work towards making that just a little bit more just, a little bit more peaceful, a little bit more respectful of human dignity, a little bit more like the kingdom of God, than it was when we arrived. In other words, God is asking us, will you help me change the world one person, one child, one family, one community at a time? Let's answer, I will, with God's help. Because as we keep these five promises with God's help, we will see God We will hear God. We will feel God. We will experience God. We will please God. And we will get to know God and love Him with all our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. And we will love our neighbors as ourselves. And we will love each other as Jesus loves us. And that's what makes the church of the Messiah a parish family. Loving God, loving our neighbors, loving one another.